this is just off point when we talk about Lupin the Third for the second time. Or is it the third time? We are your hosts. I am Joe. And I'm Dexter. And on today's very special review, a retro review, we celebrate not only the 50th anniversary of Lupin the Third, but the announcement of Series 6, Part 6 rather, which we don't know what jacket it is yet, but we'll find out. But we're going to take a deep dive into an oldie but a goodie, Lupin the Third, The Castle in Cagliostro. All this and more on Just of Point. Totally, completely different parts and series that we're going for. Yep. <laughs> but in essence, it is the same um, opening to to every Lupin. That... Well, not every Lupin. Well, okay, fine. You're you're the you're the master here. Okay, um, every Lupin that Yuji Ono was a part of. And not in every territory. In Italy, they didn't have the licensing for that. Uh, Yuji Ono is uh, the... the composer. Oh, composer. Again. Yeah. Okay. He's, the, he's, also, he's a jazz musician in, based in Japan. I was about to say, he probably has his own jazz orchestra. Um, his actual name of his band is... Um, what is it called? Um, the Luponic Five or the Luponic Six, whatever name, whatever number of people in the band are at the time. So it changes, but it, it has does. the same Luponic. Yeah. Nice. It's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He does so... a lot of yeah. He does a lot of Japanese like um anime intros, but like Lupin is what he's known for. Um. This um one oh, album I want to get of his one day is Cosmos. That's on like a special like that's. So it's quite it gets quite a bit on the market on vinyl, but um, that's like a goal of mine someday. Cosmos, oh, you want it on vinyl? Yes. Okay. We'll listen to it later. It's pretty good. I bet. So let's get on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're talking about Lupin the Third, which is what the series started back in the seventies. Uh, sixties technically. It started Whoa. as a manga in sixty-seven. But the but you are right. It did start in the early seventies with the first anime, the Green. Out Pack of curiosity, special. so like you've schooled me before. Lupin the Third is actually based on a, some guy who, uh, the uh, some French dude who wrote uh, Lupin, the th- yeah. Lupin. So the Lupin yeah. series, which is right now is also in Netflix, but it's obviously a modern iteration interpretation. Interpretation and that actually premieres later this week. So I'm looking forward to that as well. What premieres later this week? Part two of the Netflix Lupin. I'm not sure oh. if you knew that. No, well, I've never seen the first one. Eventually, I'm pretty sure I'll get it, get onto it. But what I wanted to ask was, Lupin, the original, okay, came out so in the original, year. The original Lupin, Arsene Lupin, came out in the, I want to say it was the 1920s. Uh, let me double check that. Um, yeah, it was like the, it was the, it, he was a contemporary, Maurice LeBlanc was a contemporary of Sherlock Holmes. And Sherlock Holmes came out at the early 1900s, so. They were came out around the same time. Oh, so, so yeah, actually, you told you told me about how yeah, those I told you two were like uh, kind of like a rivals, right? But obviously, right. Sherlock Holmes got into 
um well mainstream media at least in recent history a lot more than lupin did definitely but i also think that has to do with the fact that um it also became public domain more recently than um, lupin did you see um it's easier to produce things as you know since we talk about public domain the two of us when you know there's no rights that have to be like you know guised up about it so that's why you know you saw all this like you know rise in um sherlock holmes material like in the early is it because arthur conan doyle had a short life i wouldn't say a short life but he died sooner than leblanc did probably really okay i don't know the exact dates i'm, I'm not hence, sort of that hence uh japan is like we'll make our own lupin but you know what he's lupin the third and maybe he is the uh uh the descendant of the great uh, grandson yeah the great did they actually confirm it like yeah he is i mean in their own in the own canon of monkey punches series yeah he is but <laughs> uh, canon monkey because he because he looks like a monkey well, no, that's the name of the author. The the so that's a funny story too. I gotta tell you. What? The name of the the author of Lupin the Third. His his pen name was Monkey Punch, and he hated the name. His name was really like um something, Corita. He hated his like name, or he hated his pen name. I thought he, he hated would... his his he hated his pen name. Why why did See, he choose Monkey Punch then? He didn't. His editor did. He's like, oh yeah, I want you to let's do a monthly series, and you know it's it probably lasts only a little bit of time. Um, and so he was like, okay, uh, just give me a pen name because he was working on another project at the time. And so Kazuhiko Kado was monkey punch. He hated it. And he was like, oh, but you know, this series isn't going to last. So whatever. The series is not going to last. Okay. And now we're, now we're celebrating its 50th anniversary. Uh, is he still alive? He passed away two years ago, unfortunately. Okay. So there are no more Lupin stories or people are taking up the mantle. What's going on? People have been taking up the mantle for a long time. He hasn't been like directly involved in this series for a very long time um he just laid the groundwork and he's totally fine with like the people at tms taking out the the mantle and making episodes okay so yeah um for the for since for those of us that don't know um lupin like i said has been has many different iterations but there's five six major parts we can call what people call them and they are separated not according into... to the movie you had me watch well actually now i think about it i think all those colors were there was there a Probably. yellow jacket there was not and i'm actually looking forward to a yellow jacket someday because you know i like the color yellow okay i mean what color would be the tie that goes with a yellow jacket oh that's a good question hopefully a pink um, one maybe they'll invert it because you know when green jacket was on he was wore a yellow tie I can see uh, that. Yeah. But some thief you are, you stand out. But then again, there's the pink jacket and the red jacket. Pink jacket, red jacket, blue jacket. Blue jacket, even blue jacket kind of stands out because he wears the bright-ass blue tie, to, I mean, pink tie to go with it. All right, fair enough. Um, but yeah, this series has just, in and of itself, um, had so much influence on a lot of things that we like. And I think that's why we kind of like both gravitate toward this series, in my personal opinion. Ouch! Um, oh, oh no! I'm sorry, my cat just jumped on me. Claws out! You're an idiot. Get out of here, Dio. <laughs> the cat's name is Dio, and next time we're gonna have a JoJo episode. Oh, when part uh, six comes out. When is part, part six, six comes out. Yeah, when part six comes out. Oof. Probably this fall. Probably this fall. I mean, yeah, we I don't, don't have a date. I don't know the date off the top of my head. But there is a date. I'm this sure year is a date. It's probably it's this year. 
Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm looking okay, forward to Okay, going that. on to uh moving on back to uh Lupin. Back to Lupin. <laughs> yeah. Um So, one of the big things that most people don't know about Lupin that I love and is that it was actually the stomping grounds for Hayao Miyazaki. He got his directorial debut in the movie I had you watch earlier this Yo, week. Yo, that blew my mind, man. I didn't know Castle that Hayao Miyastro. Yeah, I didn't know that um Hayao Miyazaki started off with um uh Lupin at all. And then and... watching the movie and I'm, I was like, yeah, this is this is Hayao Miyazaki. It was so much fun. Yeah, you can fun. definitely tell all the little influences of, in the movie. So, do we want to get started talking about the movie, or do we want to talk about Lupin as a whole? How do you want? I to want to. I want. I want to talk about Lupin as a whole first. Okay, that's fine. So, yeah, let's go ahead and break down the different characters because um, the cool thing about Lupin is that uh, because every, it's such an old series, each of the characters are very what's the word I'm looking for? Static. They they don't change. They don't change at all. But they change enough that it makes it the episodic way nature of Dupin kind of everlasting. That makes sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm trying to understand <laughs> what you're trying to say here. So what I'm trying to say is this. Uh, they, this these characters have stand, stood the test of time because, in, effect, in essence, they are tropes in and of themselves. Dupin's the master thief. Danigata's the stalwart police officer that's always going to try to catch him. Goemon's the sharpshooter, like, best friend. Um... Goemon? No, I'm sorry. Um, what should you call it? Um, Jigen is that. Jigen, Jigen is the... Yeah. Yeah, is the sharpshooter. Goemon's the um, fish-out-of-water samurai, and Fujiko is the femme fatale. Um, but they're also much more nuanced than those little things that I just said about them. Did... My cat just closed the fucking door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, he is uh, crazy today. Okay, well... Um, so since Lupin came out in the six, 60s, how many heist, I'm going to call this like the, um, what do you call this? The, uh, the, the genres, like the heist, the thievery. The heist you know, genre, ha, sure. Yeah, yeah, the heist genre. How many, how many of those have we had prior to that? And like, is, is there any titles that stand out? The reason why I'm asking is because so far, most recently... And you were there for it. I've watched, I've watched, um, uh, like Castle of Cagliostra and two episodes of Lupin. And yes. I've noticed some things that are everywhere in all of those things that I just watched. Okay. Um, I've noticed the masks, but aside from that, really, really, what I really wanted to ask or say is that it's, when you go about the characters, I'm thinking ensemble cast. And then suddenly, in my mind, I'm thinking... Ocean's what Eleven? Ev- exactly, what everyone thinks of. Ocean's Eleven. It's always like, you know, uh, a cast of characters. Simple. And, like you said, you had like the master... Master? Master. The master thief. The gun-toting guy. Dude with the sword. Yes, I'm giving him the names again. And the femme fatale. You know, and that one guy that keeps chasing them. So, you know, how many in recent media do we actually... Well, not recent media, but like around the same time as Lupin was, had that? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. And are you talking about the original Lupin, or are you talking about Lupin the Third? Lupin the Third. Lupin the Third. 
Sure. Because I don't know enough of the original Lupin whether he acted by himself or if he had recurrent buddies. Um, very much like the original manga. Because the, the original manga, uh, Jigen was less of, was more of a henchman and less of a best, best friend. So I think it's more along the lines of, um, in that respect, yeah, they were similar because uh, Lupin did have, the original, Arsene Lupin had some, like, you know, allies, but nobody that really stood out. It was mostly him against going up, going up against his... Um, Zenigata. His Zenigata, who is Ganymod in his series. And eventually Sherlock Holmes. So technically it's a... Wait. Arsene Lupin went against Sherlock Holmes? Yes. <laughs> Talk about Death Note. For real. <laughs> okay. So my question still stands. So the original uh, series... Is it a series or a novel? Novels? Um, novel. Uh, it was... Um, novels is probably the best word. Short stories probably would be more accurate. Okay, well, they were... considering they were episodic and stuff, let, moving, uh, going on Lupin the Third itself, during the time, was the ensemble cast of, of, thie- of Thieves been a thing? I'm sure, but um, what you call it? Um, I, don't, I don't know, have enough knowledge of that to like, you know, dig that deep into what you're asking. Well, one thing's for sure. Whatever the cast of Lupin the Third has done, I've seen so many in movies. Oh, for Freaking sure, good, yeah. Like, it's it, like uh, it is the quintessential, like you know, heist, like you know, style of movies. I love like you know, doing things. I always like saying that there's no reason to reinvent the wheel; just use the damn wheel. And in this case, we got like we have people in modern media probably looking at Lupin and go like, "What wheel are we using today?" Well, that's funny that you say that because there's so much influence of Lupin in modern media. And I mean, some of the stuff isn't so modern, but I look at stuff like um, Cowboy Bebop, for instance. Um, Watanabe, the creator, went on record saying that like each of his characters in Cowboy Bebop are based off of a character in um, Lupin the Third. We've got Spike Spiegel, who's Lupin. We've got, um, what you call it, Jet Black, who is Jigen. Vicious. Goemon, and we've got um, My Valentine, who is a Fujiko Mine. Only one that kind of sticks out like a sore thumb is Ed. And Ayn, <laughs> I guess. Ed and Ayn. Yeah. Um, and then we've got even other things, too, like um, the movie that, the, the last episode we, I just had you watch, the very last episode of Part 2 of Lupin. That design, did it look familiar at all to you? Well, Fuji- you did mention that Hayao Miyazaki... Well, yes, I'm talk- but I'm talking specifically of Fujiko Mine. Did you see recon- the yellow you know, jumpsuit that she was wearing? Yes. Did you, did you recognize that from something else? From Castle of Cagliostro? No, 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 no. <laughs> I know you want me to say Faye Valentine. No, I'm not telling them about that either. But no, what I guess the hell? April O'Neil? Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, the, they, the design of April O'Neil was based off of Fujiko Mine, specifically in that episode. Okay, now mind is blowing. That's pretty dope. Um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, even as far as what you call it. Um, okay, I got a funny one for you. Uh, the influence. Wait, does that mean that Lupin is Leonardo? Yes. And then, and then, who? who uh, wait. Okay. Wait. Well, no, 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 no. 
know you're just okay okay so no regardless don't think about the weapons obviously no but, i'm not i'm not I'm thinking about the personalities yeah and then huh, the only thing i can think of is rafael zanegata <laughs> sure because he's the hothead <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, there's only two turtles that's it that's the end of the comparison that's april o- okay. a- yeah april o'neill is is uh um fujikomine um so in the 80s they wanted to revive lupon but lupon the seventh that was a series that never got off the ground or it was like lupon the 31st or something like that it was it was supposed to take place in the far-flung future so what is it like spider-man 2099 or something something like that they wanted to do something like that uh where it was like fujiko and lupon's like ancestors that like you know um having their own capers but it never Not got ancestor, off the ground. But yeah, okay. Predis- um, you know, you get what I mean. Predecessor. No, not predecessor. Great, 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 great grandson. Sure. In any case, you got me um, thinking of that stupid word now. Me too. I know. Oh my god. Um, back to predecessor. The, to where I'm <laughs> <laughs> the oh, by the way, I came out with a book. I write words. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm bouncing this fucking idea with my editor. Oh, dear God. Oh, God. No wonder um, books aren't flying off the fucking shelves. I know, right? Um, <laughs> no wonder we haven't advertised it. <laughs> In any case, um, I forgot what, how it happened exactly, but it didn't get greenlit in certain places. But they already developed a lot of the material for it. So they're like, well, why don't we just reuse the designs and just re- rehash them? And put them on a Lupin show. Uh, no, and put him on and put him on a non-Lupin show, and that's how Inspector Gadget got born. Inspector Gadget. I thought yeah. isn't Inspector Jagged a Western thing? Yeah. Um, something that you might not know, Joe. A lot of Western me- media outsourced a lot of their animation from um the Asia. Well, I thought that Disney was stealing stuff from you know Miyazaki films, but okay. We'll get there to that in a bit too, because there's a not to mention Frank- Nolan and Paprika. Yeah, we'll get to that <laughs> later when we talk about Castle Cagliostro. But um, fine. In any case, um, the influence of Lupin is big, way bigger than even I can even talk about right now. Um, and you know when you have a series that's been going on for fifty years, that makes sense. Um, but at this point, Joe, unless you have anything else you want to say, let's talk about the you know the um actual meat meat of this Castle Cagliostro. Castle of Cagliostro. Uh, Hayao Miyazaki's debut directoring mm-hmm. is a directorial debut for a movie. Directorial yeah. debut for an animated movie, which, as we all may know, Hayao Miyazaki is Studio Ghibli um, or Ghibli, depending on Ghibli, Ghibli, Studio Ghibli, so Studio Ghibli. Um, never heard of that <laughs> one, but yeah. Well, you know, I like to make my own shit. So, and uh, he brought us. Totoroki's Delivery Service, um, Howl's Moving Castle, Princess Mononoke, Ponyo, uh, The Secret World of Arieri. <laughs> you know, the list can go on. It's Wait, at most... you, have to, you have to mention the ones worth mentioning. Um, freaking... oh, oh, the ones worth mentioning, huh? Oh, well, the... I haven't even mentioned the most popular one yet. Mm. Whose title is not coming to mind. Spirited Come on. Away. Thank you. Spirited You're Away. <laughs> That was fun. I missed That's a lot. Nausicaa? Well, you have to also remember, 
Porco Roco. This is not even the titles. It's like the re- no. Wait, yeah. Porco so, Rosso. Porco, Ro- Porco Rosso and the Return of the Cat, which for some reason every time I read it, kind of like I'm getting the vibes of a uh, of a uh, Cat in the Hat. Well, that's also the only one that's a sequel to another one, because Whisper of the Heart was the one where the the uh, the cat originally appeared in. Oh, so that's why the Return of the... So if you're you're telling me to watch Whisper of the whatever first before Whisper of the Heart, it's not hard, Joe. Whisper of the Heart. Whisper of the <laughs> Giggity. Ugh. That's the country road. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting an image of a dick that's just whispering in your ear. <laughs> that's the movie of with the hard. Hard, huh? That's the that's the uh, uh, country roads movie. Which one are we talking about? <laughs> whisper of the heart. Okay, cool. Is where they sing country roads like all throughout the movie. That's it. Whoever whoever's listening that works for uh, Brazzers or something, you gotta you gotta buy this idea off me. I'm gonna fucking copyright that thing. Whisper of the heart. Oh God! And then they you play a very bad rendition of country roads during the. Oh God! No, we're not thinking about this anymore. So we were talking about uh, Hayao Miyazaki's we directorial debut, which is, and this actually blew my mind because you know, like. Uh, I always thought that it was, um, it's not Totoro, is it? Which um, was his, which was the to- first Ghibli movie? Totoro, movie. I believe it actually is. Okay, so yeah, I have always thought, because when you search up Hayao Miyazaki, you know, you're going to see like first films, you're going to see Studio Ghibli, and Studio Ghibli is tied into um, Totoro, and then that's pretty much it. But what I didn't know, and like I said, you mentioned, it was... Um, Oh my god, what was it? Uh, I was wrong. It's Castle Castle in the Sky was the first one. Castle in the Sky is the first one? Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, La Puta, Castle in the Sky? Yeah. You know that that, because of that, uh, because of the word in Spanish, they didn't actually renounce it as La Puta in the United States? Yeah, I was about to mention. Um, Okay, but I uh, completely understand why it's not called that. Just Castle in the Sky is absolutely appropriate. Yeah, Laputa. Um, which, funny enough, okay, um, I had you watch the last episode of part two, the, um, what'd you call it, uh, Farewell Lupin, and the, I didn't even notice because I haven't seen that episode, but you the mean robot- Thieves loves uh, Thieves Love Peace. It's got a lot of different names, okay? Really? Yeah, it's a weird translational thing, and because it's been, because it was the last episode of part two, it's gotten a lot of different, like, um- it's got a lot of different like versions of it, and by that I mean like like they didn't even dub it in English in the regular in the discotech versions, but they somebody decided to dub it in English with the not regular voice actors. Um, but that's that point being said, um, the robots in Castle in the Sky are the same robots in that last episode of Lupin, and it like blew my mind. And those same robots, if you look at Evangelion, they look very similar. Not uh, the robot, not 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 the robots. The angels look similar to the. Ah, uh, that does not. I'm pulling no image in my mind, but I can. I, I. You, are probably right. Yeah, I, I'm very much right. I remember watching it and then making the comparison. I was just like, oh yeah, this thing definitely looks like one of the, um, robots in uh, that movie. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. But let's actually talk about the castle of Cagliostro for a second. 
Because we actually haven't just discussed what it's about. Um, so Joe, Castle Cagliostro starts off. Um, Lupin and Jigen are pulling off a heist, and they, I think it's in like some sort of um, South American like um, hotel, uh, not hotel, um, cat casino. Well, all I saw was were, were like green bills, and I'm thinking that those are green bills. I wonder where you can find green bills in, you know, in in, in this in this setting. So I'm like, uh, dollars. <laughs> Yeah, but if you look but at the it's actual like the, scenery, I, I understand that the like green bills is like the the generic thing that you can put in animation or not and say that and 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 then call it money. So I, I, I thought it was funny since you mentioned green bills that like that's the thing they go and they pull off this major heist, pull out, get all this money they steal from a casino, and then they're looking at it and Lupin's just like, eh, throw it away, it's trash. They're and fake he's like, because they're fake. They're the best fakes. They're so fake, they look real. More real than the real bills. And then he tells Jigen about this mystical, like, conspiracy of, like, these people that controlled all of money, like, and, like, were able to, like, bankrupt countries um, somewhere in this place called Cagliostro. And that, by the way, is, um, and I didn't talk to you about this, Cagliostro is a reference to the original Arsene Lupin as well. Because the original Arsene Lupin fought against the Countess Cagliostro. And uh, she was like this immortal being that would always um, like that was kind of prevalent in many of his adventures. Mm. But in any case, this Cagliostro from Lupin the Third, um, this country is known for making their like the best counterfeits ever. And Lupin once upon a time tried to steal from them, uh, but he got hurt, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay, so when uh, Lupin and uh, Jigen were actually like just on the way they're just on the way to uh well actually i think they were driving but anyway so what happened was um lupin goes to cagliostro at least what he once knew and they find this ruin of castles and i'm like and they find the groundskeeper and the groundskeeper pretty much pretty, pretty much tells him like yeah there was a fire and you know shit happened now along the way they've this is a very interesting entrance of uh what I really liked about this was that not only that this movie is kind of old, but when I see what would be interesting for a character to make her appearance, you see a character in a car driving away really fast and being chased by henchmen. Oh. Now, the thing is, it's not just that. But she's also she, in a wedding gown. She's in a wedding gown. And I'm like, I've seen this before, but I think... This is still in the early iteration. Nothing else shouts interesting unless it's a woman in a wedding gown when doing something that a person in a wedding gown is not supposed to do. <laughs> right, so, it looks like a one runaway bride. And you yeah. can kind of, from that, from the fact that she's being chased down by henchmen, you can tell that, like, oh, this is a shotgun wedding. She doesn't want to get married or something like that. No, of like course, I, I'm going to be honest in the prejudice that I'm watching Lupin. The first thing that's going to come into mind is, like, there must be Fujiko. And then, <laughs> when they zoom in on the character and the this orange-haired lady in a wedding dress, I'm like, this does not look like Fujikumina. Um, no, it does not. No, it does not. In fact, and I'm not even going to be subtle about this, it's got the Hayao Miyazaki heroine face. It does. And no, he does have that, like, he does have the... So the things I note about, when I think of Hayao Miyazaki, there's like five things I think of. You know what they are, Joe? No. <laughs> Planes, food, strong female leads with generic looking faces, 
um, flying and something Eastern European. You know, yeah, something Eastern European. But you know what's funny when you said the the, the plain looking face thing, yeah. right? The a heroine with a plain looking face. The last Miyazaki film that I watched recently was um, uh, Howl's Moving Castle. I was going to say is Howl's Moving Fat Castle. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, let's take a look at the heroine. Oh, she looks the same, but most eighty percent of the movie, it's she's not different. the. Yeah, she's completely different. I'm like, she's an oh. old lady. Yeah. No, but when you think about it, the way that, I know we're breaking it down again with the Hayao Miyazaki thing, but when you think about it, you're gonna say plain looking faced heroine, but the magic there is that when you get to know the heroine. The face doesn't even doesn't matter. matter. You're right. Yes. The character is just so fucking loud and different and vibrant and powerful. And strong. Yeah. And strong. And you're like, damn. I mean, now I'm thinking, damn. You know, they all may look alike, but they're not the same. And no, man, some of them, some of them, well, I think we're being a little unfair. It's not that they're like they all look the same. It's just that they're not like oh, they're not the standards of beauty that you see when you look at like you know other animated movies. They're not the Fujiko Minis of the world, and that's yes. okay. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely okay. But you know, Fujiko Mina is badass. But we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that later. But okay, yeah. so um, uh, Lupin being Lupin goes like, oh, oh I'm gonna it? save this girl, and Jigen's like, okay, let's go. And then they <laughs> yeah. went fast and the furious. It's like who needs Nas? Who who? You know, we'll play I remember you saying that you were like saying Vin Diesel eat your heart out or something like that. Yeah, I did say Vin Diesel eat your heart out, and this little uh, a buggy. It's not a buggy. It's, it's a. It's, it's a, a Fiat. Yeah, it's a. It's well, a Fiat Five Hundred. Well, sure. <laughs> okay, and the small little car who and they're on spare tires by the way. Oh, that was a okay. We did, we kind of glossed over that, but that was it's, so picturesque and cool. Like the kind of. The opening song, like you know, uh, like a little scene away, where yeah, when Jigen they were driving, yeah, they're uh-huh. driving, and then they go and they stop for lunch, and then they go and they get the. This flat is this tire. is what I like about the old Japanese animations, man. It's like, like they they divide the screen and use so much of nothing in something, but whatever it is that's supposed to be to be uh to be bright on the screen just stands out so nice. And then you got the jazz music playing, and I'm like, damn. Yeah, um, you know the I was immediately hooked on this movie the first time I watched it from that song that gave me chills that opening song. <laughs> yeah, I'm like yeah. I'm not a smoker like you, but I was like, damn, that one makes me want to have a smoke when I watch it. Yeah, it's all about having a smoke and watching the sunset. Exactly, that's yeah. what that's what Jigen and and Lupin do, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> No, you want to feel it. Well, it's okay. A cig- well, cigar is fine. Cigar is fine. Yeah. Cigars are fine. Um, okay, so they did get this this flat tire and then the spare. And, and then, then the chase. And, and then man, the chase. The chase, the chase like, defies all logic of physics. Bro, the they only thing literally... I was thinking... Yeah, I know. And when it defied all the laws of physics, and he's got that super engine, like, you know, speeding up the car, and I'm thinking, yeah, family. Makes you fly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking of Speed Racer in the Mach 5. Uh, which one's older? I think still Lupin, right? Lupin is still older. I don't know. Um, go, go, Hikari. Um, I want to say Lupin is older. I want to say, yeah, but in my mind, 
I watched more Speed Racer when I was a kid, and I'm thinking that really looks freaking old. I mean, it came out in the '60s, but I, I just I don't know which came out first. I'll be honest with you. Hmm. Okay. Oh, so. you know why? What, okay, this is a very small tangent. Do you know why? Um, his name is why he he's runs the why Speed Racer's cars the Mach Five. Okay. No, because I don't know. because Mach Four in, crashed. No, because his name in Japan is Gogo Hikari. Because go 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 Speed Racer. Because the number go is five. It's really hard. I mean, I, I, I see the connection. Really, I understand it. But the way that you Let have to explain... No, 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 no. no. Yeah. What I'm saying, I'm making a point here that the way you have to make to make the connections because you also have to translate it in English is just so bizarre. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get yeah. you. But otherwise, yeah, I get it. Go, go, Speed Racer, five. Is five is go, go in Japan. Five is go in Japan. Yeah, and also Japanese. a board game. Oh, my God. Nothing dawns on me. So... <clears throat> <laughs> so this chase they uh, obviously lupin like manages to sort of save the girl from dying by yeah, because falling off the cliff and it was also like you mentioned that he's like batman because of his utility belt and or rather his use of grappling hooks yes and, but that's um, the first time i mentioned batman and there is a second time but we'll get to that <laughs> Oh yeah, we'll get to that one. Yeah, but yes, yeah, so he did. He does have the gadgets. He definitely has it. So, like falling off the cliff, he catches the girl, uses his grappling hook to hook onto something, and it didn't stand. I forget what. There was a tree. Was a tree. A tree. And the tree was coming out of the cliff, and then it hit him on the head. Yeah, it hit him on the head, and then this is where he gets knocked out unconscious. The girl's like says thank you. And then she runs away, but gets caught by the henchmen. And then Jigen and Lupin and Lupin look at it. He goes like, "We're gonna save that princess." <laughs> However, um, uh, in uh, the girl tried to like uh, uh, help out or tend to his major freaking concussion by uh, it's a small detail until you realize it's a big detail, which didn't really take long she takes off a glove puts it on his forehead runs away and then the glove still contained well, she, her she, ring she she washes his face with the with the yeah glove. she she washes this the, you know because they're by a stream when uh -huh. that happens okay and then he finds she finds the ring and lupon immediately recognizes the ring and it's always it's a little funny because this is big mystery to us as the audience like lupon knows something that we don't and it has to do with this cagliostro family I was so fucking scared that it would be like something like that one movie you had me watch. Oh, the the red, green really, versus blue. The green, green versus, versus blue. Yeah, green versus red. I thought it was gonna be something like that. <laughs> I'm like, but it was actually you, not, right? It was actually yeah, relevant. because because I had to remind myself this is a Hayao Miyazaki film. He wouldn't do that bullshit. Yeah, so everything that Hayao Miyazaki did, even this is the beginning part of the movie, everything was relevant. The grappling hook included. Yeah, um, and so Chekhov's grappling hook. Check out. Okay, so they go like, okay, so he starts off saying like, yeah, I try to. You see that castle, Jigen? You know, they go like, yeah, we're gonna get in there. It's like, okay, Jigen being like, you know, because these two are thick as thieves, man. Ha. <laughs> and so uh, after a quick headlock, he makes uh, Lupin spill the beans and why he that knows he so tried much. To steal it in his early days. Yeah. So, so there's a funny detail I didn't mention to you when we were watching it. When um, they show young Lupin, quote unquote, um, they show his vehicle from part one, which was done in the early 70s. 
the first series of of Lupin. Uh huh. And because he breaks out of that wall, right? Yeah, and like you know, he drives the like super like you know, um, I don't know what kind of car that is. It looks like an Oldsmobile to me. But when he drives that car, and then when he's like you know gambling with the ladies and all that, um, we I've seen that used for Lupin ads all the time. But that particular Miyazaki's version of Lupin was not supposed to be that guy. This was supposed to be an older Lupin, because this is supposed to be one that's like experienced and has been a thief for a while and knows his shit. And um, that's the kind of portrayal that he wanted to do. He didn't want he wanted to get away from monkey punches, like very um. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, raunchy, like, you know, I sleep with everybody that moves kind of Lupin that you see even in part two. Um, this was supposed to be the quote-unquote hero Lupin. Well, about hero Lupin, he goes and sees the castle, and like I said, you know, uh, it was hard, but this time he's going to go in there with a the team. But what he says is that he's going to rescue the bride. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is where the magic of Hayao Miyazaki comes in. At least for me when I was watching it. Because it was... I know this story. This is the story of... A girl? No. It's the, the story... The and drowned the whole world? No. It's the story... It's the story of... Knight in shining armor saving a princess it locked is. away in a castle. It's and the, I'm like, that's, yeah, it's the trope, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's 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 the trope, and this is what Miyazaki was going for. And I'm like, okay, let's see how he makes this story a special one, and he does, even though the tropes are all there. Um, now instead of, uh, and even, uh, okay, we're skipping ahead. So what happened was, they infl- now we, they finally actually ask you this, Dexter. Where's going on? Yeah, I remember you mentioning that, and yeah. you were like, "Yeah, you were like, where's going on? Where's he at? I need my swordsman action." And I'm like, "Hey, patience, patience, patience." And as you say that, literally the next scene, you see Goemon come in, um, like looking like, "Hey, where's Cagliostro at?" And <laughs> did, did they even explain why Goemon was so late? No. I know the Lupin called him, but like, no, I, it was, it's just it, 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 it's it, that well, I remember the scene where it was just like. Uh, Jigen uh, welcoming him from the airport or something is like, oh, you made it or something like that. You know? I have a feeling that this is a trope that I'm not fully aware of, but I know that they do it in One Piece too, where like the wandering samurai is always late because they're always lost. <laughs> it's the wandering samurai. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, I know they do that with Zoro all the time. I, I'm, I'm truly wonder if this is like, you know, a, a trope in Japan. Um, but that's what I feel like when I see Goemon. And I don't know, Joe. Do you know the story about the original Goemon Ishikawa? Like no. the actual historical one? Absolutely not. Of course you don't. Okay. So Goemon Ishikawa the 13th is the one that we see when we watch Lupin the Third. Um, they are the ancestor. They are the ancestor. I got it right this time, right? Yes. They're, yes. Uh, they are the descendant of the original Goemon Ishikawa, who was a thief in Japan, uh, but also something of a folk hero. And their claim to fame is actually kind of related to One Piece, too. Um, they went and they committed a crime. And they, they were sentenced to boil and oil uh, alive. <clears throat> and what they did to, like, you know, uh, their son was with them. And what they did to make sure that their son didn't die was they held them up above their head in a pot of boiling oil until they boiled themselves alive. But the son got away. 
I kid you not. That was the story of how Ogoemon Ishikawa was boiled alive. That is crazy. And also what they very do Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so Goemon finally makes an appearance, and I'm like, okay, let's go watch. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I mean, I never expect Goemon to have a big thing. He just always comes in and do stuff, and then his job's done. <laughs> and then he sa and then he says his famous line, like you know, once again, my blade has cut a unworthy. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> In the back of my mind, I'm like, why does this guy always keep hanging around with, with, <laughs> with these two if he's just gonna Dude. be here to complain? You know. <laughs> so it's actually kind of funny that you mentioned that. Okay, so this is the the reason why he hangs out with him is from part one. At some uh, at some point, Lupin went and fought against Goemon one v one, and he beats him. Lupin outsmarts him and he beats him because, as strong as Goemon is with his sword. Lupin's more wily, and so he's always manages to have one over him. And so, G uh, Goemon kind of has like kind of a life debt to Lupin, but also they're kind of like he's also his rival at the same time. And that's sometimes explored, not so much in this movie, but that's why this guy keeps on hanging around because he Lupin interests him. Okay, I can see that. I mean, again, it doesn't make sense, and then if that's the explanation, then it totally makes sense. And so they hatch this plan. Oh, okay. So they hatch this plan to uh, infiltrate the Cap castle of Cagliostro, right? And then we also see like uh, scenes with the bad guys. And the bad guys, technically, yeah, we're here to make co counterfeit. But we still don't know the secret behind the ring. And so we find out that there are two families. And this is actually pretty incestuous. <laughs> It's very, right. it's, it's it's very much old, uh, like the royalty. That's what it reminds me of. I mean, it is old royalty. I mean, come on, they live was, in a castle. He's I was like watching. I was watching this movie with my younger cousins. Uh, they were like thirteen, fourteen at the time. And they were like, "That's disgusting." I was like, "Yeah, that's that's the royalty." Yeah, that's royalty. So, um, what happens is, um, we find out that the the big bad evil guy is trying to marry. His um, second, his distant cousin Clarice Cagliostro. Clarice, and and and, and uh, they want to merge the family, and there's power, of course, possibly, probably, just highly political and like riches and all that stuff. And like, but, I mean, the guy's already making... It's a very mm -hmm. publicized event. Everyone around the world is like, you know, hiking in on this, you know, European like city of or state of Cagliostro. Everybody's there to attend the wedding. It's like very high profile event. Exactly. And then we, this is funny now, right? So when I see the bride in the car and I'm like, that's Fujiko and it's not, I'm like, oh, okay. And I wouldn't be surprised if Fujiko's not here. And then later on, they introduce like another Ooh. woman <laughs> in the castle. Yeah. And didn't even say anything. She just bows or something, right? And I'm like, gee, I wonder who that is. <laughs> it, was, it was the figure, wasn't it? It was her figure that gave it away. Actually, no. I really? just like look at her. It's not the figure. It's not even the face. Because let's be honest, Fujiko Mine has different faces. There's a story behind that, and I'm gonna tell you. Um, when Monkey Punch was originally drawing his series, he was like, "Hey, I need a like you know a, a dame of the week, so to speak, somebody that Lupin tries to get with." And as a joke, they all their names were Fujiko Mine because. I think the name roughly translates to big boobs because Fuji, Mount Fuji, um, like, you know, it's had something to do with that. Yeah, large then, mountains. Large mountains. And so that was the joke. And then they were like, eh, 
I can't keep on like you know coming up with new characters. Let's just make Fujiko Mine, and that's the birth of Fujiko Mine, and that's why their different iterations have different faces because that was what the it was born from. Different women being the same person. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, that would that's uh, actually a fun little tidbit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come up with a lot of those tidbits as we go along. but <laughs> Okay, so uh, we got introduced to uh, these characters and that's going on in the castle. And like I said, when I saw it, I was like, that's probably, most likely, Fujiko. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, our characters just uh, infiltrate. It's amazing because uh, they go underwater, don't they? They go in the, the, the catacombs of the, of the uh, castle. Yeah, they infiltrate it that way. Yeah, and Lupin gets sucked in because the water is currently too strong. Hey man, like yeah, I was really impressed of how he was swimming upstream, and it's not just upstream; it's like up a waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then then we get introduced to our other, our last cast member, Zenigata. Zenigata. Yeah, Koichi Zenigata. And I okay, I gotta say, Zenigata has been portrayed as many different things. Sometimes he's the bumbling, uh, profe- uh, bumbling police officer. Sometimes he's just like you know all angry all the time. This man, this version is just justice incarnate, and like this is like the badass Zenigata that I respect because he goes and he's just like I'm here for Lupin. He's like, and the guards at Cagliostro are like, ah, well you don't have clearance, and he's just like, well point me in the right direction so I can get clearance and this and that. He's like, I know he's around here somewhere. I smell him. And just as that happens, you see that when Lupin going up the waterfall into the, into like a gargoyle's head and Zenigata's like looking almost right at where he's at. It's just like, he knows this man has, has been, he lives, breathes and eats Lupin. And so he knows exactly where he's going to be at all times. I mean, that's gay, <laughs> but that's funny okay. That you, funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> But the but yeah, and I'm like, there's there's this uh, there's this uh, uh, fixation of trying to catch Lupin, but it's a very much <laughs> Batman Joker kind of thing. Yeah, if Joker wasn't that fucking, if Joker was, I mean, if Lupin was batshit crazy, eh? Eh? eh, eh. So funny that you mentioned the gay angle. A lot of people in the LGBT community uh, leech on to Lupin because. It is, uh, yes, it's kind of cool the way we look at it, but it, the characters are so gay. Or can be interpreted as so gay. Okay. It's, it's like you say, Jigen and Goemon have no reason to be with Lupin for any other reason except for that they're thick as thieves. And so yes. a lot of people interpret this as they just got huge giant man crushes on Lupin. Okay, fair enough. I mean, same have any, you seen as... Lupin? <laughs> what he does? Same as Anigata, why he's so obsessed with Lupin. <laughs> well, he, he wants to get in those trousers. He always wants to take them off when he gives hey, a cavity search. Yeah, but he puts them back on. Most of the time. <laughs> most, most of the time. Well, Dexter, what have you been reading? <laughs> no, I'm talking about the movies. There's some that he just like, there's some series where he doesn't. He's just like, yeah, you stay in your underwear. Actually, that happened in part one. The very second episode. No, 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 no. It's not. It's the opposite. We, he does not want him to stay in his underwear. True. <laughs> okay, but okay, I do have to go off of this little tangent. There was a because of the 50th anniversary, people knew it came up. Somebody made a what's called a dating sim game, a fan made dating sim game, of Lupin. 
where you're trying to flirt with Zenigata to try to get out of what you call it going to jail. <laughs> Cringing right now. I know. But it exists. <laughs> the fandom is that much. I mean, I'm I am in no way surprised, but dear God, just like I'm imagining things and I'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> no. I'll show you images later. But no. um, the, the name of the game is Is Lupin Still Flirting? Which is a pun <laughs> off of the first episode of Lupin, the animated series, the part one, is Lupin Still Burning. <laughs> okay. Is Lupin still flirting? With Zenigata. Yeah. Oh boy. So eventually there's this scene where Lupin actually manages to get to uh where the princess is going. And on his way there, I'm just like you mentioned that he is the rogue type of D D when he started scaling the wall. Right? Mm-hmm. Mon Dexter. Yeah, no, because the thing is that, like, okay, rogues in D and D, the um, they have this ability where they could call it second story work, or if it, in fifth edition anyway, where it makes the, it's very easy for them to scale walls. It's very easy for them to like you know jump in buildings, to do the things that thieves do. And sure enough, when Lupin eventually tries to scale the walls of Cagliostro, he looks like I mean you know his design is based off a monkey, but he really envelops a monkey when he goes and he starts climbing because there should be nowhere he could grip and somehow he manages to climb that sucker. Yeah. And it is these tall, tall, tall castle walls. And, and, I, was, then he gets... and I was saying, uh, you, were men- you were telling me how, how the rules apply. It's like, okay, so if we were playing D&D right now and someone was scaling and you say that they have to make str- athletics checks. Now, in the realm of D&D, when you're playing a rogue type, it's never strength, it's dexterity. Well, not never, but more often than not. I can't really imagine anything a strength-based road. I'm just saying I can't imagine it. I'm not saying it's not impossible or anything like that, right? And you mentioned that a good DM and a good player can make it work. And I'm like, well, I guess you can give him advantage checks and maybe if he's got a grappling hook and then Lupin fucking pulls out a grappling hook right at the exact moment I mentioned it. And I'm like, oh, mm, there it is. <laughs> I now, love the next scene that happens right after that, where he he gets the lighter and he gets the rocket, and he's trying to create like you know, um, he's trying to create a line so that he can glide down. And I just this is this is D and D right here because it's like, oh, I got this tool, I'm gonna use it to create like you know a line to go across. And then it fucking doesn't work. Yeah. And now and I also now this is another scene where I see Hayao Miyazaki. Well, where your mm-hmm. your your hero, your main character, just bumbles a little bit and. Suddenly, it's a Bob Ross quote. Happy little accidents. Accidents, yeah. What happened? He's about to go from one tower to another with a rope. And by the way, that rope is just a line on animation. It's just a fucking... Yeah, it's, it's literally a fucking it. string. Attached okay. to... It's probably a really prehensile string. It's probably like his grappling hook strings. Yeah. But it's attached that, I mean, to a rocket. He's aiming the rocket so that he could, like, you know, grapple it onto the next castle wall. And then the rocket flies down without him lighting it and then he chases after it and then it gets totally tom and jerry he's just like oh <laughs> shit and he starts running and then he goes running him faster and faster and faster and he's just like holy shit i'm running down a castle with like nothing no net no nothing and my <laughs> god 
with the help of gravity and momentum, he manages to jump not one, but two roofs. <laughs> and ends up to the fucking pillar where he needed to go anyway. And then he continues climbing clinging up. On, clinging on for dear life, like I said, monkey. Like those. He has to have the strongest like digits in the world. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's freaking stupid. But you know what? Hey, whatever it's a good works. Time. Yeah, it's a good time. And so, um, and then we move into the scene where the princess is sitting in her room, thinking about, Clarice. thinking about Clarice is thinking about um, what's uh, what's his face, Lupin. Sort. No, yeah, actually, the, no. Uh, she was she was she even thinking about her? Uh, yeah, she was. She was just like, oh, I wonder if you. I love how the translation said, like, you know, sir, but when you hear the actual words, Monsignor. Monsignor, but if you actually hear what she's saying in Japanese, Oji san. Yeah. It's Oji sama. So, like, old man. <laughs> it makes Lupin sound I like. I mean, we'll get there. So, yeah. he climbs down the roof, from the roof, you know, saying hi to the princess, Clarice, and uh, he goes, or. This guy is smooth as a motherfucker. Is Dupont right. still flirting? Yeah, but he's so good. You know, um, pretty much the conversation was like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "Oh well, uh, I'm stealing. I'm going. I'm doing what a thief does best. I'm stealing treasure." Yes, exactly. There's no tre- and the the girl's like, "Oh, there's no treasure here." It's like, well, well. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously she was a treasure, and that's, you know, just the way that he delivered it. It was nice and smooth, and he was overacting. He, he, and He goes he goes into that whole, like, knight in shining armor trope that you were talking about. Like... Exactly, right? And then he, he, um, he portrays the bad guy as an evil sorcerer, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, how the... Bride does not want to go away because she's stuck there. She's like uh, lost complete hope and all that stuff. So this is slightly off tangent, Joe. But um, I know we mentioned the new uh, Lupin series, the one that's on Netflix, the one, the one in French. Yes. But, um, so I know this is a slight spoiler to you, but not really. They go into the past of Asan, the, the main character, mm-hmm. and he explains. He kind of goes into like a little bit about his detail of his life. And his, the mother of his, the mother of his child, in in her youth, in him like are kind of like meeting for the first time, and he stands up for her because she's getting bullied, and he's just like, ah, I hate people who are white knights just as much as I hate the barbarians that try to like you know flirt, and because like he goes and he says something to like key white knights for her, and so he's just like, at the very end of the encounter, I won't go into too much details, he's like, but what about a gentleman? And I think that was like something that I, was, I enjoyed, and that's something that I think applies to Lupin. He's not a knight per se. He's not a barbarian, but he is he's a, a thief. He's a gentleman. Thief. He's a gentleman thief. Yes. Which is, which in the spirit of Arsène Lupin, that's exactly what he is. Yeah, he's gonna steal from you, but he's gonna tell you he's gonna do it first. He's exactly. gonna give you all the time in the world to prep, and he's gonna be like you know, on his best behavior while he does it. As best as somebody can when they're stealing from you. Yeah. So, the... <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Okay, so, 
it's 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 just I, I was going through in my head the dialogue that uh lupin was saying to her it's like okay yeah you're right it is like me saving you from this castle and then what happens is uh, i've also brought you back your ring here's your ring and you're thinking okay so mission accomplished sort of and then he's gonna steal her away and she doesn't want to go and then um the lupin is like oh you don't want to go away with me oh no and then she does or he does a magic trick right yeah that magic trick yeah a simple magic trick it's like pulled out a flower from nowhere you know and i didn't expect the flags the The like the european flags and then that one random japan flag in there (laughs) (laughs) so okay i like i told you joe this i love this movie so much i even bought the vinyl record for it for the music for it okay i I showed you once and that's pretty sure i'm that's the cover art by the way of like the vinyl record it's like that scene that you're talking about of uh lupin pulling out the flags for clarice really it is i must have missed that yeah it's it's really nice and it's like it's picturesque and then after all that picturesque thing happens the count of cagliostro appears and he goes and he begins um, to be like, aha, I've got you now, thief. This Can we talk lives. about these weird freaking ninja assassin assassin oh things? Oh my god, yeah, they're... They look okay. so weird. They're like, like a they mixture move. of... They're like ninjas, but they're also like rats, but they're also like Nazis. They're all hunched and... over, and I don't understand. They're like KKK as well. We'll get to that part later. <laughs> Just um, the way they look, the way they're designed... Yeah, it's like, oh, dude, they look, bro, April O'Neil, right? Oh, yeah, Foot Clan, there you go. Yes. Yeah. Were they purple? These guys were, like, blackish purple. It's hard to say because they were, it was also at night, Mm -hmm. so, like. No, the lights came on in the room. Yeah, it's, like, purplish, dark blue, so, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, they're foot soldiers. Oh, my God, even with the gauntlets and the fucking greaves, dude, yeah. Yeah. Definitely foot soldiers. Hey, did we we kind of skipped over that too because the 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 foot soldiers attacked Dupont, didn't they before? Yeah, H- I mean, Jigen? yeah, they were. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, I think uh, Lupin was just like uh, trying to mess with the ring, and this is where it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, when we finally get the hero and the bad guy for first confrontation, it's like, oh yeah, these guys are gonna kill you. I'm gonna leave. Not worth my time. And then he's like, oh okay, and then he falls into a trap door. But he does it in such a badass way too. He like he knows it's gonna happen. He knows it's gonna happen. He definitely knows it was gonna happen. So and he's the... just like, boom! Ah, I take this. I put yep. this on the chin. Yeah, and then suddenly it's like, okay, we got our rings together, and then it was a fake ring, and that's what he was messing around with. It was a transmitter. This is where we we hear the plot of like, yes, you're like you're someone I'm going to marry, so we can do this. You know, we can get it on, <laughs> and we can put our rings together. Yeah, our powers combined. Yeah, and just to sum it up, uh, Captain Planet. So, and then, but it was a fake ring. And they didn't hear Gaia, they heard the voice of Lupin. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, and the like, thing, hey, oh, I heard and everything. Then and then it goes all 007. And then it's like, you know, this thing will self-destruct after I, after I say what I say. And Pretty I much. Huh? Yeah, and, you know, this, this kindled uh, hope for our, uh, for our heroine. For Clarice, yeah. For Clarice. Right, and she goes, "Oh, he's gonna come for me, and I believe it," you know. And then uh, more hilarity ensues, which is kind of funny because somewhere along the way, because uh, uh, on Lupin's way into getting into the hall 
where uh where where the princess was anyway um he dressed up as zenigata and then zenigata oh, had yeah, his troops and then there were soldiers that belonged to the count and then they met and he managed to put to pin one against the other zenigata trying to chase after lupin ends up falling into the trap door too into the trap um, door that was also like that's a trope that lupin does a lot where he impersonates zenigata i've noticed and people, and people get it and people will just like are like oh yeah they're like what are you doing why are you talking to that guy Did dude that in the three fun? in the three lupin stuff that i watch right now kagliostro in those two episodes all of those he was dressing up as zenigata <laughs> Oh, that's right. Even the last one he did, too. Yes. That's why I'm like, this is a thing. And I'm not even mad. This is this is one of the recurrent, like, you know, like a Batman with his utility belts and the grappling hook. Then it got a mask. Then got the size. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So we know that Zenigata get gets fall into a trap hole, uh, trap door. And then, uh, you know, Lupin falls. And they're like, mm-hmm. He's about to arrest him, and then he's like, "Don't you think we've got bigger fish to fry?" But here's like, the f- here's the funny thing, though. The, uh, I don't know how, but well, actually, we do know how. Lupin knows that he's got the ring, and they eventually have to come and look for him down there. And so he just fucking sleeps it off. <laughs> but he does, but he doesn't because he doesn't. He out. doesn't. Yeah. And so these uh these ninja guys uh the uh the amphibious version. Um, try to uh, sneak up on uh, Zenigata and uh, Lupin and you know they use the corpses there's a lot of corpses down there in the catacombs there's and, so many uh, people that were trying to look for the counterfeit bills beforehand even as far as World War One Japan because I think that's what they were preying on like some like fighter pilot in Japan that somehow ended up in Kaguya yeah um, exactly and there, again there were like a lot of uh, dead bodies down there so you know again finally Lord knows what happens before that, but they were in their trousers. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe, maybe you know, they had some time to themselves, like undressing each other in a very uh, romantic way, intimate way, uh, which was not shown in screen. It uh, definitely wasn't. But um, yeah. in any case, though, they go and they handle the assassin would be assassins and yeah and in order their... yeah and and in order to 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 um not quench but to to squash the feelings they had for each other you know lupin jumped into the cold water yeah that makes total sense <laughs> yes it everything is now coming together oh my god they are like power couple ship uh, so <laughs> okay so but really lupin was chasing the other guy and uh, they get out of the trap door by pretending like eh, it's a small little thing but bottom line is they escape and it's actually I, I like the irony because in the next room literally at the next room where the catacomb was was uh, where the, they made the counterfeit bills all the machineries and they gotta seize it the mint, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then Zenigata's like, holy shit, there's something bigger at work here than just Lupin. And yeah. it's funny. He does understand, okay, yes, Lupin is bad because he steals things and it's his life work, life's work. But, Lu- but Zenigata also understands, okay, there's worse things in the world than Lupin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Zenigata, at least in this movie, is definitely the, um, what do you call that? The... Uh, uh, lawful good. He's the paragon of justice, like I said. He yes, he, he is the paragon of justice. Like regardless, like, like even if you're doing it for 
for good reasons is still the law you know yeah he he still says i don't like you dupon but i will work with you because there's bigger things at foot here yeah exactly and these are the things but so i i found the irony i found the 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 poetry in this the irony in this because all those people who died in the catacombs trying to reach what they were looking for and it was just it was right there and even for the bad guy it's he's like you can see how cruel it is that okay i'm gonna send you down there in the catacombs and you're gonna die there and just he probably obviously he knows that <laughs> they're so close to what they're looking for but you're never gonna get it mm-hmm. okay so um they find this and so lupin hot- hatches a plan it's like okay how are we gonna get out of here well we're going to burn this place and obviously they'll come a running which makes perfect sense yeah like where there's smoke there's fire people are gonna come running and this is the perfect distraction and at the same time um Uchiko then makes her kind of like you know appearance because she's realizing oh I can go and do my thing too. Now, this version of Shujiko is interesting because unlike previous iterations where she's kind of like, you know, working with Lupin as a, a thief as well, or she's working with the police with Zenigata as a spy, this one's a little bit of a mixed bag. She's part reporter, part, uh, what you call it, a spy in this one. Um, which, this was a different take from Fujiko Mini from like a lot of other iterations and I liked it, but I know a lot of people who are big into Lupin dislike this version because it's so far and away from the normal Fujiko. Uh, what was your take, having seen like the other versions in the other two episodes I had? You Frankly, watched? I liked it. I loved it. It's like, okay, because the reason being is because the way that she was acting and then she took out and, and she took off her clothes and just like was wearing camo underneath and just started shooting people i was like reacting to that she was like damn she's just shooting throwing grenades and i'm like yeah she's a bit of a badass in this a bit a lot <laughs> yeah she was a badass in this one and i'm like dude that's pretty dope huh? I think like she was she shot more... more than jiggin in this fucking film she did mm-hmm. um i think the only version that kind of has her beat was the one in that episode 145 i had you watch wings of death uh, where she not, takes out, I don't even believe takes, that. Okay, come on, we'll man. get there. She takes no, we'll out, get there. Uh, okay, but, fine, fine, fine. But the thing is, you you have the upper hand only because you've seen more Lupin stuff. I okay, haven't. Fair. Okay, but um, going back to Cagliostro, like I was thinking with all the many directions that she would go, it's like this this character reminds me of someone familiar, and it was in my mind. Eva from Metal Gear, oh, Metal Metal Gear. Gear Solid, Snake or Eater. actually Metal Gear 3, Snake Eater. Eva. Isn't that Metal Gear 4? No. No, you're off. Okay. No, I'm, 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 the, uh, I'm the expert. You're... I'm talking about Metal Gear. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah, you had me watch um, like some of the stuff with Eva, and I was just the, the opening scene with her in, the, in, the, in Snake Eater, and I was just like, okay, I see it. And Let's you did your police. due diligence. You fucking, you fucking researched on it real quick, and you found that uh, Kojima, the creator of, of, of Metal Gear, like, um, say, like, yeah, you, you know, uh, Eva's based on Fujiko Mire. And well, Snake is kind of based off of Lupin. Specifically in part Not as smooth, right? though. Not as smooth. Sometimes he is. Or rather, actually, Snake thinks he's smooth. Snake thinks he's smooth. Yes. Okay, so does Lupin. Because Lupin's actually not that smooth. But when it works, he's smooth. But when he works, yes. When he works, he's smooth. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Okay, so, um, uh, this is, uh, you were saying, uh, while everything was on fire, Fujiko finally, like, unveils, and then she goes and tries to actually go for the princess. The now, along the way, when all, amidst all this chaos, um, whether it's the policemen or the soldiers that come in to try to put out the fire, <laughs> which I found really funny, Zenigata and Lupin just, like, fucking breeze through that, and it's like, you know, pushes everyone away, and they're running, and then they ran up, uh, um, they ran up the tower, the right? Tower, yeah, they tried to get to where Clarice was. Yeah, but no, they were nope. they were in where the opposite tower. This? They were oh, going. Right, right. Yeah, they were. They went up and they got the um, the, the that, that old oldie plane helicopter looking thing. The biplane, yeah. The gyro something they called it. Anyway, gyrocopter. I don't know. Maybe. Like, oh, and that's another thing. We we, we kind of glanced over this but in the very near the beginning when we see when we're introduced to the Count of Cagliostro he's flying on that thing wearing a helmet and goggles and everything yeah looking like a total you know pork yeah huh? Eh? 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 yeah yeah all right so <laughs> so he flies so so, so that play have you seen that movie that. by the way have you seen I have pork not Rosa? I have not seen pork Rosa, no so my favorite line for that movie is and I kid you now this is probably uh, I saw it in English I saw this on HBO Max but and maybe it's better in Japanese, but Pocoroso says to these um, Italian fascists, he says, I'd rather be a pig than a fascist. Somewhere in the movie. And I want to explain the context of it, but it's just, I don't know. I was, that's just one of my favorite lines in the movie, and it's just like, it always makes me smile whenever context, I hear it. Context included. Yes. Okay. So, they get the plane, and Lupin and Zenigata get on it, and he flies. Not to, by the way, while all this is happening, Two people were supposed to be doing something, which they didn't, which is annoying to me. You had Jigen with a big-ass fucking sniper rifle, and Goemon standing there with Arm. his eyes closed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's a signal. Did they do shit? Not really. No, not really they, at all. Yeah, absolutely nothing. And he was also waving. Like, Lupin was waving, climbing up and that hey, castle, that tower. Yeah, Come but on. nothing. Nothing happened. And so it was just him going back to the um to the to the princess's roof and so he manages to get there and Zenigata had no idea how to fly the fucking plane which is good plot wise yeah it makes sense yeah and then why why would Zenigata need to fly a plane exactly and the so he, here's the standoff he manages to get the princess out on the roof planning to get on the 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 gyrocopter and you know save the day but the story doesn't end there, even though there's a lot that already happened. And so uh, Lupin got shot. And I'm like, oh, damn, he dead. Yeah, he's like, it was a Gatling gun, too, wasn't it? That was like being shot at him. So it's a machine gun. It's a mounted it's machine gun. A mounted machine gun. Okay, fine. But it like, I was like, oh, damn. It's like this infallible character that's been able to pull off all this bullshit. And then, boom, they get shot. Yes. And it's just like, oh, falling action right here i would also like to mention that when the guy says okay finish him off the girl didn't move and then the second time no when, not, not only did she not move she not move oh, wait she no, body right. blocked her he body blocked she yeah. body blocked lupin and i'm like damn and the guy kept shooting and obviously you know missing on purpose but she didn't move and so mm -hmm. she goes like okay i'll give up myself just don't kill them and then right when she was close to the ledge to where the gun was and this was also interesting 
uh, I hope I, I was hoping that you know there was a little detail added to that, but it didn't happen. But what happened was uh, Zenigata with a plane that's like on fire swoops up, saves Lupin, and uh, Fujiko, and Fujiko, mean, Fujiko yeah, yeah, Fujiko managed to help Lupin on the plane. And then, um, you know, the plane's about to, is flying away, and the guy goes like, okay, go shoot him. And so the butler, the evil butler with the uh, machine gun, starts shooting. Clarice jumps on the... Butler. Not on the butler, on the gun. Oh, that's right. And points it away. And I'm like, that thing is scalding hot. Uh? And she just went for it. Again, you know, I was sad again. that there was no enough detail that maybe she scalded her hands. Imagine if that was the case, and that would be like, man, that's powerful. You know? But, you know, there, there he is again, Miyazaki, with his strong female leads with plain faces. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> with plain faces. And so, um, the real question here is that, well, you know, for all intents and purposes, Lupin lost. Because, you know, she, he didn't get to save the princess, and the ring she had back yes and so the bad guy had everything that he needed and so lupon uh, fujiko mine left and then it got a crash into on, a plane and, and uh, lupon's on jigen, fire lupon's on fire jigen and uh going monitor going there waiting monitor. for him and when he fell off the plane his clothes were on fire and jigen just fucking, i'm sorry going on pulls out his sword and cuts all his clothes away <laughs> They literally just disintegrated to the okay. air. When you say it out loud, do you now realize why people think that they're gay for each other? <laughs> um, mm. Once again, my sword has cut a useless object. Every, every, hey, he left his trousers on. <laughs> I swear to God, it's the same trousers every time. It Either is. he has multiples of, which is smart. Or it's just the same one which he never washes. Which is gross. Or um, maybe he washes them and just goes goes uh, commando every other day. <laughs> in any case, though, Lupin's defeated, like you said. And he's in a bad shape, and he's just like, ugh. And then they nurse him. They take him back to that old man with the groundskeeper. They learn a little bit more about the history of Cagliostro. And you find out that... During Lupin's initial inaugural uh, att um, attempt, heist, uh, attempted heist of the of the of the um, Gothic bills of Cagliostro, he ran into Clarice when she was a little girl. Mm -hmm. What are your what is your take on that? Like, I have I'm of two minds. What do you mean? Like they met, and that was ten years ago. So, and she was probably what seven, eight. Let's go with eight, just to be on the safe side. Okay. Eight is safe. Okay. No, 18 is safe. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Good. Thank you for clarifying that. Okay, but okay. she was eight during the time, because you did say it was 10 years ago. Um, and uh, with Carl. Carl's a homie. Carl's the homie. Carl's a homie. Carl is a dog. He's a big black dog. And he's a homie. Um, anyway, so... Uh, he rescues Lupin, too. Yeah. Both yeah. times. Yeah, both times. And... Well, you know, that's that's pretty much the quick history. He tried, he escaped, sort of, and then the girl kind of helped him get his energy back, and then we don't know he what happened after that. Give him water, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, like, she was mesmerized by this gentleman thief. Mm-hmm. So, so while Lupin was, uh, trying, was trying to, or at least was healing from all his wounds, 
what you get here is a Nagata trying to convince the world leaders like, yo, we got the big bad evil guy making fake notes. What are we doing? And they go like, it'll collapse, it's a secret, and we're trying to stop it, but it just so happens. They're trying so hard to not incriminate each other because they know that they get those bills in foreign currency just so they can trade with other nations. How fucked up is that? It's so fucked up because it's like, Zenigata is disgusted. He's just like, fuck. My job is to bring justice and nobody, no, the people, kind of like our world right now, people in power that want, that are, are preventing me from bringing justice because they're so corrupt. Exactly. And so what happens is like, yeah, you know what? Worry about Lupin. Don't worry about this. We'll handle this. And so, you know, he's all like uh, <clears throat> crestfallen and all that stuff. I love Zenigata's theme, which is playing in this scene right now. The da 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 It's just like so like for a character that's a bumbling dummy in most most of his iterations, the fact that he's like, you know, a paragon of justice and he's unable to do what he's meant to do. It just that music just encapsulate like that feeling of like, you know, angst that Zenigata must be feeling at this moment. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, we don't talk about it enough, but the music really does make this movie like yeah. that much better. Yeah, the the music is amazing. And so, um, suddenly he gets a phone call, and then cut. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so when uh, when Lupin finally comes to, he says like, "Oh man, the the wedding's tomorrow. I gotta go eat." And you know, he just and it's, eats. A, it's the most anime video game power up ever. He's just like, "I am low on health. I need food badly." <laughs> yep. And then he knocks out, sleeps it off. And then the next day, the wedding happens with these same world leaders attending it. Yeah, you caught that. I, I, a couple of times I've watched it, I have never caught that, where these world leaders are there in attendance. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure some of them were wearing pins, too. Um, no, I'm serious. It's like, I swear to God, I've seen these guys. That's the loud dude who says, like, he was blackmailing the other guy. Um, and, and, and so uh, the wedding happens... And uh, what the funny thing is, leading up to the wedding, you see Clarice looking all blank-eyed, so she was probably drugged, and, you know... It's very, yeah, it's very yeah. anime-esque, like, oh, I'm not in the right state of mind right now. Yeah, exactly. And she was in her beautiful, um, old... Wedding dress again. Old, oldie, oldie wedding dress, but it, it, it came with the, you know, like, also covering the, the, the cheeks of the face and the top, you know, it's very, almost medieval-like. It is. I mean, technically. And then, and then um... um the, oh, the priest comes, they get the... Yeah, but what I'm saying is that the scenes leading up to this, like you can see like a small parade, a lot of people, and then random shots of multiple just people, whether they're soldiers and uh, whether they're soldiers, people with guns, police officers, um, random people, even well, the then priest. We see, then we see the, the ninjas in like their like royal attire. Yeah, with a, pointy, with a pointy, with a pointy hats. black hats. Yeah, yeah, uh, like, uh, carrying a cross. Uh, yeah, totally uh, like uh, evoking um, what you call it, uh, KKK, but um, not because they're wearing black hoods, not white. Yeah, and so and they were even parading like them. Um, but mm -hmm. I mean, we also have to mention like it's not just a KKK thing; it's also a medieval thing because yeah. you know this is what priests used to wear back in the day anyway well no, um, no, the priests are different but yeah i'm just talking about the well you know you know what i mean there's like old pictures there's like this is not the kkk there's actually no, catholic yeah well anyway. okay 
Uh, yes, we can go into discussion about that, but... <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, all these scenes leading up to it, in the back of my head, I'm like, one of these guys is Lupin. They're yeah. here somewhere. He's here somewhere, and I don't know which one. And there's, like, small little details creeping out on the side of the screen, like a, a top shot where you can see where you can see the top side of the of the church and you can see the people in the bottom. And on the left, you'll catch a ninja guy holding a rifle and i'm like is that him <laughs> you know because it, it's that's what that's what the scene was showing is like you know Lu, you know lupin's back on his feet he's not he's yeah it's yeah, not but, even a secret that he's gonna come here at this wedding i mean but he's the thing is the story yeah no, no no but what i'm saying is that you know lupin master of disguise he can be anywhere at the same at the time so this is what that scene was showing it's like okay mm -hmm. he could be here somewhere i mean fujiko we already see you like she's covering She's covering. Uh, she's doing. She's being a news reporter. Yeah, she's being. News. Yeah, exactly. And everyone's watching. And then the bullshit happened. The first the, thing the, I, I, I was, I, I told you, Dexter. It's like, man, he's the priest. He's, like, he's probably he's, he's he's the priest, isn't he? You know. And then you tell me he's like they they did something and they did it well. And I'm like, oh okay. And then. <laughs> Out of the fucking ground where the crucifix was, and yes, I will mention this: the the bottom blows up. You were losing your shit. On this I was point. losing my shit because first he started talking, uh, yeah, saying, like a ghost too. Like, yeah, I've come from the no, but the, the yeah, like a ghost. Yes, but the funny thing is when I said when I was trying to figure out who Lupin was going to be, I'm like, oh, he's the priest, and then. The voice starts talking, and then everyone, everyone, everyone in the scene was looking at the cross, and he was like losing my shit. I'm like, oh my god, no, he's not the priest, he's God. <laughs> Stupid. And so when that happens, uh, the bottom blows up, and the first thing that happens is that the cross falls forward and, and breaks on the floor, and I scream out, She's You do. I was just like, oh. <laughs> you, yeah. you knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Okay. Um, That's a JoJo reference. For those that don't know. Everything's a JoJo reference. Everything's a JoJo reference. Okay, so they come out of the ground, you know, looking like ACDC. Uh, <laughs> they, well, they do look like they're like... Lupin looks like a mummy. Jigen looks like a vampire. And Goemon looks like... I was, yes, I was also laughing at this. Because, um, okay, so... Lupin was sitting on like a, a, a piece of wood. I'm just going to call it a piece of wood. Sure. Uh, sitting on a piece of wood, uh, dressed up like a mummy. And then Jigen was on, on his right, you know, carrying that wood, but he had fangs on. <laughs> you can see his fangs popping out of, from under his lips. And then on the right, uh, you see, um, you see Goemon, Goemon with his just with hat. his hat, with his straw hat. But he was also carrying a lantern, which is normally portrayed like something eerie, like in, a ghost kind of like thing. a ghost, yeah. In the in Japan, so I'm like, they're really this playing is... it up. They're really yeah. playing it up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know. I guess French people are afraid of mummies. <laughs> 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 and then, obviously, like they try to scare people, and then they shoot, they shoot uh, the mum, the mummy Lupin, and obviously and they that's stab not him. him too. And yeah, they stab, they stab him a lot, and actually he just got stabbed. He just stabbed, and he explodes into um, 
what do you call confetti. those confetti uh, like a piñata and they they surround Jigen and Goemon you're thinking uh where's Lupin and then I was right it was a priest and he holding does, he... on to Clarice and it's the funniest thing too like you just see a hand with the green jacket come in and grab the rings and then they're like oh I know who that is mhm <laughs> I, I would okay when I saw this the first time I lost my shit so I wasn't sure why you didn't but when he goes and he's just like, all right, time to get away now. And then he goes and he opens up his jacket. And like, you know, there's like, it's like lined up with like all these fireworks. He puts on the sunglasses and he goes and he skedaddles while everybody's like, the hell? And Yo, he is so fast at wearing those sunglasses. I'm telling you, man, he's a thief. Fast hands. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that's the second time he's done that in this film, by the way. The first time was a flashbang from that uh, hotel room or motel room they were staying at. And then the second time, he just wears the glasses, and it's like fireworks all over the place. And then grappling hook away. And then, yeah. And this is when I say that Lupin, again, is Batman, Batman. without yeah. the Kung Fu. But then, yes, without the Kung Fu. But then we see, we see the only time that Lupin actually fights in this last little scene, which is one of my favorites, the clock tower scene. Ah. So, But, but before you know, we say that... We gotta talk about like you know Goemon and um, Goemon Fujiko Zenigatas and um, yeah no Goemon Fujiko Zenigata and Jigen's last stand in this movie. Okay. Where Go Zenigata and Fujiko are hamming it up. They're like, oh, in the pursuit of Lupin, let's go look for him down these stairs. Oh my God! Look at all these you know. Over, overacting, oversurprised and everything. I he must was report like, this now e- to exactly. the government. <laughs> yeah, Fujiko's it, just being like the homie, just like, oh yeah, look at this. Well, look at this late-breaking news story that we're covering. It's just like... it's oh. It was disgusting. It was... <laughs> but like, I was... I, but uh, is like, I am an officer of the laws. How can I ignore something <laughs> like this? <laughs> But I can't help but smile a mile wide watching this because it's like, okay, Zenigata, you, you got your win. You got your justice. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure he was rubbing it in their face. <laughs> he was. Uh, like, okay. Huh, you're not going to let me pursue what's right? <laughs> you got nothing coming. Exactly. Okay. Um, and so and then, uh, uh-huh. well, then what you was got... going on doing? Goemon and, and uh, Jigen were like fighting off all the um, what's call it um, henchmen, henchmen, as they're like calling the swarm Lupin and Clarice, and um, Goemon is normally in most medium um, portrayed as a woman hating um, what you call it um, misogynist, but with Clarice, he was actually quite loving. <laughs> it was kind of nice actually. Okay, it's so just... this this is how it works. Okay, so. In the yeah, beginning, ahead, uh, like somewhere in the beginning of the clock tower, um, um, the bad guy, I don't even remember what his name is. He's a good bad guy in purposes of being a bad guy, you know? But um, he explains like, um, it's like as if he, he says that, oh, the Cagliostro blood, you got, uh, the, oh, there is the power. Count of, the Count of Cagliostro. The Count, yeah, the Count, yeah. He goes like, oh, you, there's a Count, uh, you, uh, there's power and you've already seduced this uh, this thief to work for you and help you in your situation, that kind of stuff. And the way that he explains it and the way that he believes it so much that that I got to believing it too. 
And so uh, when Lupin crosses the crosses the threshold with her and escaping, and um, and uh, she they stop. She stops and calls Jigen Noble uh, Noble Jigen Noble Jigen, <laughs> and then like how straightforward she was thinking Goemon, and now you explaining to me that Goemon does not normally like like women in general. Yeah. And then he blush, <laughs> he blushes. Yeah, he, he blushes, and it's like totally out. Of, that's why a lot of people say it's out of character, but it's in character. If you if you come if you consider these like older versions of the same characters, then it's in character. But like it's totally off base from what their original portrayals are, like in part one and parts of part two. But yeah, the um, and then like Jigen's just like all right, and he gets his giant ass like it's. Not even a sniper rifle. It looks like it's a tank. It's an anti-tank gun. And he's just... <laughs> small caliber anti-tank gun. Yeah. <laughs> because it's so narrow. Uh, small. You know, whatever. <laughs> okay. And so, you know, they start... Uh, they, they get their burst of inspiration in the, out of that one. Or guidance. And they get guidance. They get guidance and they start going ham. Mm -hmm. um, we mostly see it with, Go with uh, Goemon because he's just... I mean, it's more... It's easier to show action with Goemon. Just mm -hmm. slicing up like 10... Daddy's like armors off. Yeah, and now at this point, at this point, um, Lupin actually has both rings, and then he goes like, "Oh, I know what this is for now," because there's like inscription, red herring, and so they climb up the they climb up the clock tower, being pursued by the big bad evil guy with his henchmen, and then this is your favorite scene. It is it's one of my is because the fights in this clock tower are just so. The, the animations are so crisp because to have to think about all the mechanics of the clock tower while you're still thinking about everything, it's just everything has to be rightly timed and placed. You see Lupin doing the best of his Lupin with his, you know, monkeying around, getting through things, being a, a, a rogue. And you see the Count, like, you know, just being like, you know, a bruising tank of a badass just trying to, like, go through and, like, attack Lupin. And you see the visceral scenes of, like, you know, the henchmen getting crushed by the gears. You don't actually see them getting crushed, but you 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 feel the implication and it's just like the shielding of the eyes they're like oh don't look and it's just well, like, it's just like the, the only thing left <laughs> yeah it's just like oh man this is so beautifully animated okay so funny i thing, I, like the thing. only time that i saw that i see blood was when lupin got shot at that uh the, at, a, at the earlier scene but it's yeah. just pulling out that's it everything else was cut scrapes and bruises yeah, the uh, it's a very the and the fight scene itself, like I said, is so cool because you see the gears spinning and Lupin's like trying to like you know attack the count and the count's trying to attack him. Oh, by the way, I don't know if it's a thing, but like Miyazaki didn't want Lupin to shoot his gun, so the gun gets melted like at the very beginning. His signature Walter P thirty eight. Oh man, not the gun. Yeah, and it's like Lupin feels like he's helpless, and so he grabs a wrench. Of all things, into like hey, know, that's a fight. long wrench, all right? Uh, it's yeah, it's a clock he tower used wrench. it wrong, but it's a it's a long. No, he used it. He used it right too. No, 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 no. Well, hold on. Okay. <laughs> uh, I want to mention back to Hayao Miyazaki heroines, and I like how she, she how Clarice was just clutching at clutching at uh, um Lupin, and Lupin asks her, "Are you scared?" She goes like, "No." And then they run into into a hail of gunfire up the clock tower and leads her there. Hold all he's got is a wrench to his name, you know. Now tell me, Dexter, why do you say that Lupin used it right? When he starts, it could to... have been easier. Is all I'm saying. 
Okay, fair. But I'm just saying when he starts to dismantle the clock tower to like, you know, cause chaos. Okay, that one wrench. I was thinking that exact same scene. I'm like, come on, you you can make you can make this work a lot easier if you just move your other hand farther away. Oh, it's a okay, torque wrench. Okay. Um, <laughs> he's he's not using it as effectively as he could have, but he's he then uses it as a freaking blunt weapon, so you know. Well, yeah, I take that as it was. That's that's the right way of using it, but when for the actual technical purposes of a wrench, we're talking about a fucking wrench in this scene. <laughs> oh, and we, we literally threw our threw threw a wrench into this fucking conversation about the we clock did. tower. But anyway, but... so he climbs up to this uh, clock tower, and this is where the standoff happens, right? Mm -hmm. Good guy versus bad guy. When BBEG finally gets um, gets up. And says, "Okay, I have the, I have the princess, or you know, and at this point I don't care anymore. She can drop and die because we just got married. That kind of thing, sort of. Um, when they get to the clock tower, the the bad guy is like, "Okay, I have the princess. You have the rings. I want the rings. I'll but he doesn't. Princess. But he doesn't. But he doesn't know what the rings are for. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, they're they're they're, they're the ultimate red herring because we know that they're for something, but we don't know what exactly they're like." And then Lupin says, I'll tell you what it's for. Now, up there, there is a socket. And you can put these two rings in there, and then you will unlock the greatest treasure of Cagliostro. And they're like, and he's like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll get it. And then uh, what happened was a simple exchange, which was good, um, good, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Suspense. Because oh, yeah. um, they, were, um, they were walking on this, uh, this clock hand. And they had to make yeah, an exchange. It's, Lupin it's so just visceral too, because mm -hmm. like you just see them on. There's a wide shot of them just like standing on the opposite ends of the clock hands. Yep. And it's like what well, it has to be like what according to the clock, three thirty three forty five at night or something like that. And it's just like because they're at opposite ends totally, and it's just the it's like a it's just a so cool standoff. And then finally, uh, Clarice kind of goes over. But then the bad guy being the bad guy goes and tries to double cross Lupin. And then he falls, manages to get Clarice, because Clarice falls. And then he does his, you know, monkey hand thing where he manages to grab onto something so that they don't fall for their doom. And it looks like, you know, Agliostro won. It yep. honestly does. Yeah, because now Lupin grabs hold of the heroine and then they dive into mm -hmm. the into the lake. Now, Cagliostro, we see him, the bad guy, Count Cagliostro, climbs up a clock tower, does what Lupin says, and you know what? Lupin was right. It, the clock tower started moving to the 12th side, but the bad guy loses footing. There's no way for him to escape. Now, this is the last small instance of blood that we see, and it was satisfying. It was, it, that was the most satisfying squelch I've heard in a very long time. As as Count Cagliostro gets plopped like a grape as the clock towers slowly start to... And these aren't like a run-off-the-mill clock... They're, these things look like they were made of stone. Yeah, okay? it's just like... Yeah, like there's no space for a man his size, not even a child, to be in between those things. And, and so he's he a got... very big barrel-chested man. It's not yeah, like and I like... like how the shot just like moves away and then you hear that squelch. And a tinge, just a small, quick flash of red. 
This is the smallest. Yeah, and then it literally just disappears because, you know, the, 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 long, the long hand just, like, covers it. You know? But, yeah, and then you think, well, obviously, the Count has lost, but, but then the secrets of Cagliostro are revealed. Yes, the clock tower collapses, and in the back reveals... A paradise. A hidden uh, city. I thought it was Atlantis, really, but it's a it's a it's a Roman city yeah. that was submerged and hidden not... by the uh, by the Cagliostros. By the Cagliostrians? Sure. I think the name is actually Cagliostro. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can see at the end where the girl Clarice hugs Lupin, and Lupin stops himself from hugging back. Yeah, and I was just like... Because take I, note that one thing that Jigen did say while he was on his bed, recovering, that this guy falls in love really easy, a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to know that your hero is aware of it. Yeah, and he realizes that, like, this girl is, uh... I think the fact that, like, they showed that he knew her when she was eight made him feel old. And the fact that she calls him old man all the time. Uh-huh. I think they made him realize, like, yeah, no, not this one. Yeah, and that's good. It and is. It was all, it was all right. My cousins, when I watched it with me, they were like, "But wait, why is he like that?" And he's like, "Well, he realizes he shouldn't probably pursue this one." Oh, that's so weird. If he tried to like gate her, when my when I saw this like you know a few years ago with my cousins, like, yeah, I think they realized that. That's why they were trying to avoid that. Mm-hmm. Because, now, you know, he's known as a womanizer. He really mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Now, after that uh, scene, this, the final struggle of our hero, he jumps into his car with Jigen and Goemon. Goemon is just, like, chilling in the back. He doesn't even give a fuck. And uh, they drive off. Now, Zenigata, at his heels, one step behind, as always, and tries to chase him down. The girl is like, why are you chasing him down? He's a criminal. He stole something. And he, go and he goes, like, he didn't steal anything. And then Zenigata, and I think as cheesy as it sounds, is like what you said, context-wise, was so good. He goes like, he stole yes, your heart. he stole your heart. And, yeah. I, and I'm like, fuck you, Zenigata. You're still a romantic. <laughs> You're an idiot. Go chase after the guy. <laughs> Fine, you have my permission. Go, go, go be an idiot. <laughs> and technically, that's the end of the film. Yeah, Fujigo joins them, and like, there it is, the eternal pursuit. Lupin and the gang on an eternal adventure, Zenigata in hot pursuit, waiting for the next place to go, waiting for the next journey and the next destination. And I think that's why I like this series so much. It's just like the pursuit of adventure. Like they're 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 rich beyond their wildest dreams. They're they're all they're all successful thieves. But it's not even the fact that they need the money. It's just that the pursuit of adventure is what calls them to like you know become thieves. Yeah, I think that's what I like about this series so much. Yeah, I mean, these guys are hardly the type that react to things. No, they, they're the ones who start to act. They are chaos incarnate. <laughs> well, Lupin is, anyway. Yeah, that I can see. But yeah, and that's Castle of Cagliostro. It's one a good thing movie. I forgot to... It's a yeah, Yami Ozaki thing... film. Yeah. Hey, one, one thing I neglected to mention, the last scene, and I wanted to bring this up with, with the clock tower scene, that's actually in the... And it's been on record that that influenced the the great mouse detective, the the, the final fight scene from that movie as well. 
Um, it also takes place in a cocktail bar, but it's Big Ben, and um, the character is, you know, based off of Sherlock Holmes as opposed to Arsene Lupin, but it's, um, has a lot of the same story beats in them. I think that's something worth noting, that, like, you know, once again, this thing has influenced even Disney. Going back to what we were saying. I mean, <laughs> I mentioned some really rough stuff about Disney, but yes! <laughs> that's, uh, and, like, the changing faces, the masks... Mm-hmm. Like so, like Mission Impossible. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Oh wait, uh, uh, Charlie's Angels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of others. I if mean, there's a heist movie. Lupin's on it first. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I mean, Ocean's Eleven. So I was actually thinking about that <laughs> when we were watching it, uh, when we were talking about it, that the OG Ocean's Eleven with the Rat Pack. Have you ever yes. seen that version? I have not seen it, but I'm aware of it. Yeah. That one actually has some story beats that kind of remind me of Lupin too. Like I said, these heist things kind of like all have like, you know, the same tropes. Um, but like, you know, trying to put together the perfect plan, the perfect plan not succeeding, and then you pivot and then you just reenact the plan from another point of view. Mm-hmm. That was a major part of that movie, and I think that's something that we see time and time again in the Lupin series. Like, oh, the, the, the team has a perfect plan, doesn't go according to plan, and then... We try something else, and it works out at the end. No, well, sometimes but, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, but you, but what what happens there in this heist genre is just like, no, I knew you were gonna do that, so I was gonna do this. I am doing like a Rick and Morty thing. I know that that was a <laughs> that was a great episode, by the way. I love I love that episode. Yeah, it's it's it like does, it, it, it got so ridiculous. It's not about it being funny. It's just like, well, yeah, that's what happens. I'm not even mad that they're making fun of it. But <laughs> yeah, me either. And I like heist series, as you know. But I was just like, yeah, this is good because it's just making fun of all the things that they do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then, and the only way to... that they had... The, the, the thing is with Lupin and what I've noticed is that, yes, he is one step ahead. And yes, I will tell you my plans, that kind of stuff. Um, but um, it was, I think, just recently where they did the... Uh, I knew you were going to do this, so I did this, and I did that, and then you did that, and then I did this. Uh, that's like putting... like. Whatever it is that Lupin did, it was just a single, straight up, yeah, I knew you were going to do that, and so this happens, or I planned for this. But that's it. There's no like, oh, I knew you were going to do that, so I did this. Um, I, and I can appreciate the, the simplicity of it. That's, I think, what, like, the... I mentioned this earlier, but the episodic nature of Lupin, the fact these characters are eternal. Like, Monkey Punch has been dead for two years, and these things can go on for probably another 60, um, the way they're going, because... As long as there's fun places to visit, as long as there's adventures to be had, as long as there's a love of pursuit, you have yourself a Lupin the Third story. And I yep. think that's going to be so cool to see the Part 6 come whenever it comes later this year. So you're telling me if I was going to pick up Lupin, I can watch any random episode? I literally had you watch two random episodes. I know. Kind of. <laughs> for that same reason. Exactly. And I know you were so hesitant to watch this series because you're like, yeah, but I want to see things from the get. You really don't need to see things from the beginning. You this is this is a series. This is people have compared this series to Tom and Jerry, because, and the reason for that is because it is episodic. That like you can jump in on any episode and you'll know right away where where you're at. There's some exceptions, obviously. There's some two parters in part two, and in later parts, part five, there's like you know. Three part series, three part, three part little episode. episode they actually made an entire arc. Yeah, of three episodes. Yeah, three <laughs> episodes. I think the longest they did was five. But yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. No, I think part. 
but I think it's a this was a really fun special and uh there's I can I can honestly talk about Lupin for like hours on end as you are well aware of I am well aware of but I think this is a good place to end it and that I am definitely looking forward to part six and I'm definitely looking forward to showing you more Lupin in the near future but I hope that you all enjoyed our t look into the castle of Cagliostro and our mini look into Hayao Miyazaki. And I would uh, say that you guys should totally watch it. Definitely. Bad or not, it's a, it's, it, yes, it is, it, is a great, it is a great film. If you're a Miyazaki fan, you should watch it. If you're an animation fan, you should watch it. If you're a fan of Heist, you should watch it. Bottom line, there's a little bit of it for everybody. It's kind of like Princess Bride in that regard. It's got a little something for everybody. Yep. Okay. And so with that, this was uh, the Lupin special. The episode 7 of Just Off Point. Join us next week where um, hopefully we talk a little bit more about um, being in the Heights. See you all then. Eventually. Um, hopefully. Hopefully. I'm Dexter. And I'm Joe. And this was Just Off Point. See you next time. <laughs>